Because the carbon shlumim is a carbon that somebody brings without without doing an avaira. The other carbon is chatas, usham, even oila. Somebody does an avaira, he has to bring a carbon. But a carbon shlumim, however, is just bring a present to Hashem. So that's why it says hamakar v'zevach shlum of Hashem yuvias kabun al Hashem yudav to be enu with Yisha Hashem. He says Hashem Hashem wants this carbon. You see, but the other carbon doesn't say that the person bringing it should bring it himself. Yudav to be enu. He should bring it himself. He gives it to a koyin. Somebody brings it for him. He brings a mushal that if somebody has to bring a present for a for a melech. He you know he sinned against the king. He did something wrong, and he has to send a present you know to be able to to get the the, the melech's forgiveness. What does he do? He sends somebody, sends a shliach. You know, told the king, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. But if somebody's bringing a present, just a present, he's not trying to ask forgiveness for anything. Then he brings it. He brings it by himself. And that's why when bechatas neusham that are chet amasa. And the oiler which comes on the chetahirer, that's why you don't find this lushan yudav to the end like you find by by shlomim. Because when somebody's doing something to take away Hashem's calves, he doesn't bring it on his own. It's a chitzpah, it's a chitzpah, it's a chitzpah, That's what he says, the kliyoka. Something I think we could we could learn from this a little bit is that sometimes when it comes to chatas usham and oiler, as opposed to shlomim, over there it's actually obvious that this one is something Hashem wants. The other ones are something Hashem would have not wanted that somebody should Sometimes you find this between people, you bring something for someone, you give someone something, right? You, you give someone something of yours, or you give away from yourself to someone, whatever it may be. If you bring it on your own, that alone shows that you wanted to give it, and that alone shows that it's a present. Sometimes what you're doing for someone is not clear. Are you doing it because you want it or not? You're doing it willingly or not? You're doing it because you care for the person or not? Well, what's the difference? If you wait for someone to take it from you, then, then you know, it seems that you didn't want to really give it. If you give it on your own, that's saying something. So very often, the Yudav Tavi Enu, when you bring something on your own, that alone shows that there's something you wanted to give, and it's meaningful. And the same thing, if you don't give it on your own, you wait for someone to ask you for it, or to demand it of you, or to complain before you give it, the same thing, you're giving the same thing. You're giving the same thing you could have given on your own, but you're not giving it on your own anymore. That alone shows that it's not the same kind of shlomo, it's not the same kind of present. And that's why very often, I see this, there are people that do so much, at home, they do so much for a spouse. They give in so much. They, they, they tolerate so much. They compromise so much. But they do it only when they have to. And if they would have done the same exact thing, you're doing it anyway. If you would have done it willingly, you would have been a step ahead and offered it, it would have been so meaningful. And sometimes you could offer something, it won't even be accepted or taken because it's not even necessary. It's just the offer that, that, needed, that needed to be given and that, and that alone is so, is so important. So let me, let me read a question that came in. It's really a question about going to Simchas and what time to leave. But I think, it, you know, coming Paisach and Chalamoid and, and different times that people uh, get into schedules, uh, schedule issues, I think there's something relevant for the time being now as well. Hi, I'm thinking you might be able to share with me a good tip on a topic my husband and I have different views on. It's a real simple topic, though. <coughs> Excuse me. But, sometime, but somehow it stirs up a lot of emotions inside us. It's about what time to go to a Simcha. <coughs> my husband is extremely punctual. Prefers arriving early, have plenty of time for parking, and has no issue being the first in the hall and waiting a half hour for people to arrive. He likes to plan a night before what a night before what time we should leave the house, even to simple simchas that are like come and go. We all know that even though it's annoying or a mitzvah is called for eight o'clock, nobody shows up before nine. However, he still feels to be there on time. I have a very different view on this. 
as a mother of little kids, every minute at home makes a difference. I don't feel like having stressful, stressful kids' bedtime, rushing out of the house, and arriving early. I think that going to a simcha should be a pleasure and not a rush or a stressful thing. As much as we discussed it, we simply can't find understanding on this topic. His sister is making some simcha tonight, and the invitation was for 8 o'clock. He told me last night that we're leaving the house at 8 o'clock to travel there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying where and when, but this is something, let's say, that takes uh, 25 minutes to go. When I explained to him that it's way too early, he got really wild. He begged that I must shtelzotzi to this, and he's not planning to change ever. As a joke, I even said I'll take a car service and go a half hour later. I can't keep him back from doing what he pleases, but I can't leave my house so early for Simchas. He didn't like my suggestion. We keep getting into such arguments, and I'm very much desperate to find clarity on how to go, how to get along better, so we both enjoy going to Simchas. Thank you. Okay. Very good question. The husband likes to leave early to a Simcha and get there early, and I want to go what I think is normal and more reasonable and, and be able to prioritize and be home for my children and things like that. Now, let me start with this, and there's something I also mentioned a little bit about this in the, in the Yiddish Hashir, even though over there I was talking more about different personalities, and here we're talking about a little more about opinions. Okay? Now, so when I read a, when I read a question that starts off, um, maybe you'll be able to share a good tip on a topic that me and my husband have different, very different views. Right? My knee-jerk reaction when I see, when I see that is, what's the problem? I mean, everyone... I think almost everyone will have some topic where a husband and wife will have different views. Is that a problem? Now, I know that it could cause problems and it could cause heart, heartache and resentment. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out right, right in the beginning. Is it a problem if two different people have different, different views? Or is that to be expected? So it's not just something you tolerate or you deal with. It, it's to be expected. It's, it's so important. It's so important. And I, I keep on mentioning this almost every week. It's so important to realize there's no, there's no normal there's no normal. What to you is normal to someone else is not normal. The fact that 75% of people do this and 80% and 60%, it, it, there's no normal. There are, there are people who have different views than you, different opinions than you, different likes and different needs. And, and that's fine. That's how it's supposed to be. So if anyone gets offended just by the fact that somebody is thinking differently than them, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, and sometimes, sometimes that's the cause of a problem. People assume that we're supposed to be unified. We're supposed to be together in this. We're supposed to understand each other. We're supposed to want the same thing. We're supposed to think the same way. And, and that alone, the fact that we don't, is already so, so triggering and so disturbing that it causes us to try to convince each other. So I know that sometimes it's, it's a practical uh, idea that has to be dealt with. So when are we going to leave? I know. But I'm saying just the idea that we think differently is sometimes something that's so disturbing to people and, and we take differences personally. And this is something we shouldn't. You don't take it personal. It's fine. Somebody's um, disagreeing with you is not an insult to your intelligence. It's not an insult to your character, your personality, or your upbringing, or your parents, or your grandparents. This is normal. They think different than you. So I think it's so, it's, so, it's so important. Now, especially, by the way, especially when it comes to a topic like this, with timing. There are people that um, come early, and there are people that come late. Whether it's to a simcha, whether it's to a shul, whether it's to anything. Whether it's just coming home. There are people that are more punctual, and more, more um, um, rigid with timing, and, and people that are more lax with it. Uh, you know, somebody once told me that he, he, has, a, he has a raya, that not everyone's expected to come to shul at the same time. They call out 9 o'clock a chakras. He has said, right, that not everyone's expected to come at 9. And you shouldn't look at it like people coming late or early, or I guess late is more often the, the thing. You shouldn't look at it like they're doing something weird or wrong. Well, how do you, why? He says, because if everyone's expected to come at the same time, they wouldn't have such small doors. You have 150 people coming, they're all coming at the same time. They should make these huge doors that everyone can walk in, right? Why are they making such small doors? They're expecting that you, know, you come one at a time. You see, after Yizkar, for example, when everyone's going out or coming in at the same time, 
obviously it gets a little uh, congested, but from, for the most part, you go, you stand by the door of shul, you see people come and go. Every wedding hall, as many people as you're expecting, there are small doors. There's no long lines. Everyone, uh, everyone comes when they want to come. So anyway, that's just a, you know, a cute idea. But the point is that it, it's normal for people to, to come at different times. It's normal and expected for people to have different ideas about what the right, when the right time to come is or when, even when, when people actually get there. And when it comes to being punctual, when it comes to being uh, on schedule or off schedule, it, it's, it's, it's so normal. So aside from the fact that you're expecting different views in general when it comes to a relationship, I mean, this is something that you see. You see that different people have different ideas about it. Why, why, would, you, why would you disagree about such a thing? Even when it comes to coming to a, even when, even when you're talking about coming to a simcha, for example, right? So you're saying that most people come late. Well, obviously most people come late. There's only one person that's the first, right? There's only one person that's the first. And there's only one person that's the second also. And the third and the fourth and the fifth. So the fact that most people come at a certain time doesn't take away from the fact that there will always be people that are the earliest. Now, if the people coming earliest are the ones that are complaining about everyone else coming late, and why do I come early and everyone else comes late? That's a different story. Why are you coming so early? But then you have the people who come early, and they like coming early. They like being there when they're supposed to be there. Whether they feel it's right, or they feel that somebody cares, whether it's a parent or grandparent or great uncle or the musician, I, I don't know. But if somebody wants you to be there early and you take that seriously, I, I think it's fine. I, I think it's... Uh, and mamas don't see why people would debate about the idea. That's what I'm saying. Debating the idea is definitely something you should always avoid. Now, I'll just mention, I don't, I don't want to catch you on your words over here, but the fact that your husband wants to leave for a simcha that's called for eight, travel at eight, and probably not get there before 8.30, let's say, Right, already goes to show he's not he's not totally unreasonable. I mean, at the end of the day, he's not leaving seven thirty to be there at eight because it was called for eight. So he's maybe from the early ones, and he knows it. He's not arguing with you if he will or won't be. He's okay being the earliest, and he wants to be there first. Anyway, I'm just getting carried away because I see this this topic so often I'm debated about when somebody's on time or, or people. You know, you, you told me you're going to be here at nine. Well, it's nine ten. Yeah, but you said nine. Some people call 9, 9. Some people call 9, 9.30. And, and some people call 9, I don't know when. You know, everyone has different ideas about, about schedule and about uh, being punctual and about being late and about not being too punctual and about how wrong it is, how right it is. And that's all fine. Now, it's like I said, all, all these arguments, you, want, you definitely want to avoid. You definitely want to, and even when you're discussing the topic, avoid the arguments. So let me explain what that means. Saying something like, and you can write this to me in a question, I don't mean to say you did anything wrong with writing this to me, but saying we all know, or everybody knows, there's something wrong with those words. And people use this in, in, in arguments very often. Everyone knows it's like this. Aside from the fact that, like I just said, not everyone knows. But the point that everyone knows something, if, like I say often, if you're, trying to, if you're doing this the first time in your life, you could say it, see if it works. Because maybe some people will be impressed. Oh, really? I didn't know that. But for the most part, people talk about topics, and they try to convince each other, or win each other over by saying... Everyone knows X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter if everyone knows something. If the person you're talking to thinks differently and feels differently, they're not going to care that everyone knows. They're just going to maybe be offended by the fact that you think that they're different or weird or crazy or stupid because everyone knows that what they're doing is wrong. So, so avoid those words. And avoid, in general, the idea of who's right and wrong. What you do want to do, I think, first of all, is talk about it early enough. Early enough means don't talk about it when it's relevant. Don't talk about it the night that you're leaving. And don't talk about it the night before if that's when your husband already starts getting antsy about it. In general, you want to talk about this topic. Bring it up in a calm moment. And when somebody tells you their perspective or why they feel that it's right to leave early or why they feel that it's right to be there early or get there early or why it's wrong that everyone gets there late or whatever it may be, validate their perspective. And this is something that people have a, a problem with. People are, are afraid to validate someone else's perspective. If I tell you, you know, I understand you. I really do. I understand that it means a lot for you to be there early. I really understand that for you to be there when your mother is going to look for you 
or be there when your brother is starting the Simcha, or be there when XYZ, I understand that that's important to you. People are afraid to do that. They look at it like, uh-oh, so now I'm losing my leverage and my position anymore because I really understand it. I can really understand you. I can still feel differently. So I don't have to take away from my understanding of what you want or disprove it. I can say that I got you. And that's not a tactic. It's not an argument tactic. It's, it's, it's the way, it's, it's I think what somebody deserves. I really understand that you want to be there early and, and it's, it's fine. I respect it. I understand it. I, I think that's fine. And that's true. You can then express your feelings which is not necessarily a difference of opinion or I disagree. I, I feel, it's about my feelings, about how I feel, nothing to do with you, and I'm not expecting you to... Uh, um, I feel that for me, as a mother, putting my kids to bed, it's important that I'm home with the kids. You don't have to back that, first of all. People start backing all, all kinds of logic and proofs and, and, and all kinds of uh, ideas. This is how I feel. I feel that I want to be here for my children. I feel that it's much easier for me to put them to bed in, in, in a calm way. Why do I have to start quoting all different speeches and lectures and, and books that are going to explain the importance of a mother putting a kid to sleep and why we don't prioritize? You don't have to, again, you don't have to be right about it. You're allowed to understand someone else's opinion and you're allowed to feel a certain way. And you can be very clear about it. Now, that's, that's about, about discussing ideas in general, especially when they're not relevant. People get into these, these hits of good debates when something's so irrelevant and it's anyway not going to make a difference, um, which is, which is something that just causes heartache. But, but now let, let me talk about, about what we do in practical terms, right? We have to go to a simcha, and you have your opinion, I have my feelings, whatever it may be. And, and what do we do now? So, um, first of all, it's, it's okay to have an opinion. That's first of all. I, I mean, I, I don't want to get too nitty-gritty with what we're supposed to do over here, but I think it's fine if you have your opinion, I have mine. I'm not sure where we're going wrong yet, right? You think we should leave on time, I think we should leave late. It's fine. Why are we getting offended? I, I think it's good for both of us to acknowledge that we're both allowed to have an opinion. Now, if these opinions clash in a way that, practically speaking, uh, we're, we're, hitting, we're, heading, we're, we're at a standstill and we don't know what to do, there's a few ways to get around that. We can either, I say this often, and I remember talking once with somebody who was trying to help a certain couple, I said, listen, this couple doesn't have any of these options. Let me tell you what these options are, right? Yeah, you have a disagreement about something, you don't know what to do. You have to have a few, there's a few options that you can do. You can either discuss it respectfully, like we were just saying now, in a way that you um, understand each other. At some point, there's understanding, it's not debating. It means somebody understands the other one. In other words, I understand it's important to you. This is important to me. Could you please do it for me? You know, you could either discuss it in a way that someone understands the other one. That, that's one. You could either compromise. That's probably the most typical uh, guess that people would give. You want to leave at 8? I want to leave at 9. We'll leave at 8.30. It's a compromise. Are you okay with it? I'm, I'm not so happy leaving a half hour early. You're not so happy leaving a half hour late. But at least we're not both very unhappy. Okay? We could take turns. That's also a way of compromising. This simcha will leave eight. Next simcha will leave nine. I'm just giving you know, typical ideas that I know they're not always so practical, but just the idea. We have different opinions. We're both passionate about something. And we'll take turns. Right? I think it's, uh, we, we teach kids, we teach children to take turns. Why can't we? Adults. And then there's always the place where you get so stuck. And we say, you know what? Let's ask someone what to do. Now, it could be that's what you did. And it could be this question is coming in as a joint question of a couple who wants to know what to do. I'm saying the idea of we don't know what to do. We, we both feel... Very strongly about something, uh, we both don't want to control the other one or fight about it. Maybe we should ask someone. If you could both get to a point where we're going to ask someone what to do and listen to that person's objective idea because maybe it's the right thing for us to do, that's wonderful. And if a couple doesn't have any of these ways to resolve a, a conflict where they really are stuck about something that that they they have to agree on because there's just no way other way about it, they can't do their own thing. I, th- I think it's a problem. Now, could we have other ways, but it's, it's but but to get the other one. 
to manipulate someone else, to do what you want, either by making them feel guilty, or by arguing, or by just controlling the outcome by force, I think that's very wrong. I think that's very wrong. For someone to not let the other person have an opinion, or to make them feel bad about having one, or to just control the outcome, I think that's very wrong. And if you notice yourself doing it, or if you notice someone else doing it to you, you should know there's something, there's something, wrong, there's something wrong with that. No. That's when there's only one way to do something. And whether it's about where we're going to live, or what we do, what we tell a certain child, or, or what we spend money on, you can't, you can't not spend and yet spend at the same time. However, I mean, you could compromise, you could ask someone, but you can't do both. When it comes to this, you mentioned the question that I made a joke about me taking a car service later and him leaving earlier. I don't know, I, and mamas don't have the joke, I'll be honest with you. I understand and, and that some people don't like when I talk about this as a lechatchila. What do you mean? A couple supposed to go together. What type of thing is this? You go at eight, I come at nine. You know, what kind of life is that? And it could be right. It could be that lechatchila, we should be going together at the same time and understanding each other and coming as a couple and traveling together and spending time in the car. There's definitely a lot about doing that together. But if it's a source of heartache, and you want to be there at 8, and I want to put the kids to bed, what's the joke? I don't, I don't get the joke. What's the problem if you leave early and I come a little later? I hope nobody's looking at me funny, but I do this, I do this very often. Uh, sometimes, sometimes just a, 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 for practical purposes, right? You, so when it's the babysitter, instead of getting a babysitter, you know, the husband goes early and the wife goes later. Or sometimes just because that's how it works out better with the schedule. I'm not sure what this Torah um, Shabbat thing about always going together somewhere is. If it means so much to you to be there early, and it means so much to me to not have to rush, shouldn't we be okay with that? It's not something we have to do together. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if we could, but if we could both take care of each other, I, I don't know. Now, if, if you both don't like the idea, or your husband doesn't like the idea, then you can go you can revert back to the other ideas about discussing it nicely, and being clear about the, you know what, what's important to you, and, and all that. So, to sum it up, up until here, it's fine to have a different opinion. Nobody should take it personally. You should not debate about these things. You should just clarify your needs and be clear about the fact that you would appreciate if somebody could understand you and, 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 and you know, take your opinion seriously. And then there's a the part about compromising and discussing things or even just asking someone, what should we do about this? And sometimes the right thing to do would be to split up and do things separately. I'm not sure what the problem is. I mentioned this once in the past. It was about, a, I think it was a visiting day issue where the father was very passionate about not visiting the children in the camp, and the mother was very passionate about, yes, visiting the children in the camp. And I think they were shocked when I suggested that the mother should go and the father stay home. What's the problem? That cost a few dollars, because he, he would have driven, and now she has to take a car. Okay, what's the problem? Let him stay home, and let her go. So what happens? He gets passionate about, no, it's wrong if you go, because then she learns, the girl in camp will learn, that we have to go. And she's saying, and the mother's saying, no, it's wrong if you don't come, because then she'll learn that you don't care. Why are you trying to manipulate each other? It's okay to have a different opinion. It's okay to split up. I, I don't see why we both have to do the same thing and be resentful. One of you, at least, will be resentful about the other one for controlling the outcome. And the other one's not going to feel good anyway because they're sitting with someone who's sulking the whole day. So that, that's my idea about this, if you're interested in hearing my opinion about it. And again, this shouldn't come as, as, as a matter of argument. Okay, so you go early. Let me come late. What about? Why are you getting angry? Why are you talking in a not nice tone? Be nice about it and say that I understand you. I wish I can come with you. It would mean so much for me to spend time in the car with you. I can't wait to come home with you in the car. And if you don't mind that I come a little later, I'd really be appreciative. If you say it nicely, I don't see why that should be a problem. But let me just get to another point over here. And that is something we started off with. You know, you dove to the end. Sometimes you bring something on your own and so much nicer. And here's the idea. Sometimes a wife will know, for example, that she's anyway going to end up going along with her husband early. I'm just giving an example. Not that you have to, not that it's the right thing to do, but, but that's how it works. It's more practical. At the end of the day, it's gonna, you can end up going early. Or the husband will end up coming late. 
right? Or the other way around, whatever it may be. Or the wife wants to go early, the husband wants to come late. Sometimes you, you already know what's going to happen. Because that's just how it happens, right? You know that you're going to end up spending or not spending the money or whatever it is. If you do it in advance, and you tell your husband up, up front, you know what, we have a simcha in a week from now, um, I, I think I'll be able to make myself ready early. You, you offer it, for example. Or sometimes you just keep quiet, and, and when he tells you, I want to leave at 8, you say, you know what, no problem. Sometimes it's just the right thing to do. In other words, you don't have to, and if it's too hard for you, then there are other ways to deal with it, like I mentioned up until here. But the fact that, and this is something I mentioned in the other share this weekend, I think it's a very important point. Yes, if you would not be married, you would probably do things differently. Right? Mr. Husband, if you wouldn't be married, you'd probably leave 7 o'clock to the Simcha. Mrs. Wife, if you wouldn't be married, you'd probably leave 9.30 to the Simcha. That being married means that at some point you do things for someone else. Sometimes it just means that we compromise in the middle, and sometimes it means that you give up on what you would have wanted, because this is what someone else wants now. And if you could do it willingly and happily, because you made your own calculation, not because someone's telling you to. You made your own calculation. You know what? Let's be happier this way. It's not easy for me, but I think we'll just be happier doing it willingly and smiling through it. No, it doesn't sound like your husband is forcing you to come. He says, he begged me. Now, again, I don't want to nitpick and start um, learning each word of your letter, but if he's begging you to come, but he's not telling you you have to come, then, then maybe do it. Your husband's begging you, why not? So by the time it comes, it, it turns into a whole argument and a control issue. Then, then you know, and sometimes it's not good to be controlled. Sometimes it is good to put your foot down and not feel resentful and feel like you just lost your right to have an opinion. But if you can do this in advance, I think to yourself, you know what, maybe it's just worth it. How much am I, how much am I giving up to be stubborn about this. How much, am I, how much am I giving up to, you know, to, to, to have my opinion count? So I'm having my kids put to bed nicely, for example, and I, I'm having my time, but, but my husband's so upset. Is it worth it? That's a calculation you have to make. That's not, that's not about compromise and control and, 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 and debating. That, that's about your own calculation. And this is something that I think people have to hear. Sometimes it's not worth it for you to stick up for your rights and to wait till someone's making you do something and to make sure you're not being controlled and to have an opinion... Maybe it's just worth giving in. What's going to happen? How often do you have a simcha? You don't have a simcha every third day. Once in three, four weeks, you're going to give up an hour to make your husband happy and you make your marriage a happier relationship. Do you have to? No. If it's too hard, don't. But sometimes it's the right thing to do. And I'll tell you more than that. If you could say in a nice way, in a nice way, and I always say in a nice way, because sometimes you could say the same thing in a not nice way. You tell someone, you know, I really wanted to stay home. You know what I did for you? You know what you owe me now? You know how hard it was for me? You should just know. You talk like that, nobody, nobody appreciates it. Everyone's like, oh, just, just stay home. But if you could say in a nice way, you know, I'm happy I was able to make it work early this week, uh, this time. It's not easy for me, but I did it because I care for you and I love you and I'm happy to go with you. That's meaningful. You could even add sometimes, if you could tell me thank you or if you could show me appreciation for it, it would mean so much to me. In a nice way you say that. That's fine. That's fine. You're allowed to tell someone, you know, you give someone a present, you're supposed to let them know. I did something for you. I just want to let you know. I, I started preparing bedtime today at 6 o'clock already. I made sure the kids were in pajamas because I wanted to do this for you. I hope you appreciate it. I'm happy to do it for you. If you talk like that and you do it for the sake of your relationship, <laughs> what could be better? So to sum it up, it's fine to have different views. It's fine to not agree on everything. It's fine to learn how to re- resolve conflict. And it's fine how to sometimes split up and do things separately. And it's also fine to remember that sometimes in the big picture, when the tutor of the piano, you do something in advance, on your own, without having to, without, without fighting about it, without arguing about it. It's so much more meaningful. It builds a relationship, and it's just worth it for you. And this helps um, um, bridge those, those gaps and those differences and the different views, different opinions, different interests, and live together. I wish you